Hello and welcome to the David Ryan Fitness Podcast. In this podcast, I deep dive into training, nutrition and mindset to help you reach your goals. So today's episode is a Q&A and this is a few a good few questions that I've kind of got in lately a lot of the time. So the first question is what's the perfect rep range for hypertrophy and fat loss so a lot of people go by the 8 to 12 rep range for hypertrophy and anything lower than that like six say is regards as strength training and anything lower than six is regards as strength training and anything over 15 to 20 reps is going to be muscular endurance so there's a good bit of truth behind these and they're good rep ranges for beginners but there's a lot of other things that come into it so i will discuss that now and try and explain it as best as i can for you so there are three independent growth factors that can that you can do basically for for training for hypertrophy things that you can do that affect your actual physiology that cause growth so here are the three of them in order of how important they are on average so number one and the most fundamental one is a high workload and this means that your muscles are contracting through a heavy weight at a high intensity okay if you accomplish a lot of force at a high intensity and through a range of motion, your muscles are literally receiving a stimulus to grow. So doing lots of heavy work is a stimulus for hypertrophy, is a stimulus for grow, for your muscles to actually grow. Now, I wouldn't advise this for beginners to start going as heavy po- as possible because you need to dial down your form first especially with the big compound lifts like your squat, your bench, your deadlift. They're very, very complex lifts. And when done wrong, they can you can easily get injured. So form is really, really the key. And I was actually watching a video last night of... Oh, what's his name? Doreen Yates doing doing um what you call it the the barbell incline barbell chest press and he was doing like really really heavy weight and in the video or in the description he was like oh i could have done more uh heavy weight but i would have i would have not had my form correct and i wouldn't have hit the muscle as well because i wouldn't have been able to connect my mind to the muscle so it's very very important like to have your form correct because say if you're doing a barbell bent over row and you go way way too heavy you don't actually feel it in your lap muscles like you're supposed to you start feeling it in your your neck and your lower back and you're not targeting the muscle that you're supposed to be doing other muscles are coming into play because it's too heavy and your form is not correct but 
that is the big, the best way to grow your muscles, the most proved way to grow your muscles. Heavy load at a high intensity is literally giving your muscles a stimulus to grow. So the second one is a very independent way and it's called metabolite accumulation. So basically what that is, is when the lactic acid builds up in the muscle because you are pushing harder and harder and you get that burning feeling and you're pushing kind of close to failure. It's that kind of burning feeling and that burn itself, even if it's light enough weight, it causes a considerable amount of hypertrophy, but not as much as the heavy workload but still a considerable amount. And lastly, the third independent cause for hypertrophy is the stretch of the muscle under a load. Okay, so let's say you're doing your dumbbell flies and you stop short and you don't get the full range of motion. You're not stretching the muscle under the load properly. So if you stretch them deep, you literally pull the muscle apart under a load. But if you think like regular stretching without any load or anything like that, that doesn't give you hypertrophy. But if you do it under a load, particularly through a full range of of motion, with all your training movements, all your different training movements, this causes hypertrophy. So if you want to tone up and put some muscle on, what are the rep ranges that you want to do? First, you have to know about your fast twitch muscle fibers and your slow twitch muscle fibers. So, There's two type of, basically, I'll go through these, and there's two type of muscle fibers. You have your fast twitch muscle fibers and your slow twitch muscle fibers. The slow twitch muscle fibers are known as the endurance fibers. These muscle fibers are smaller and help you perform high rep sets in the gym. And as a general rule of thumb, when you train for a huge pump, you're kind of training them slow twitch muscle fibers and the fast twitch muscle fibers are the complete opposite they help you perform explosive movements in the gym and lift heavier weights like a lot of sprinters and like you always see that like them 100 meters runners like especially from watching the olympics lately and the paralympics and all that You see like the 100 meters, the 200 meters, like the explosive people are like jacked. They're like jacked as fuck like, and that's because they have to basically work them fast twitch muscle fibers, okay? And the fast twitch muscle fibers are the complete opposite, okay? So it's so important to to train the fast twitch muscle fibers because they have the most potential to grow bigger and stronger. So if you want to put on muscle for hypertrophy and if you're looking to build muscle and get stronger, 
then training your fast twitch muscle fibers is a must. So training at quite a heavy load, as I said, about 70% of your one rep maximum. And you kind of want to be going six to 10 reps, kind of close to failure. Like if you get real into it and, and, and think about your mesocycles and different things like that, you want to be kind of going close to failure and leaving about three or four reps in the tank. And each week as you keep going, you want to say, okay, I'm going to leave four reps in the tank here, three reps in the tank and so on. Because you don't want to leave like no reps in the tank in like the first week of, of your hypertrophy training because you'll plateau and you won't, you won't be able to progress. So around 70% of your one rep max and six to 10 reps and close enough to failure for about two to four sets. So the second question that came in was, how do I create the perfect morning routine? Now, I've done this in, a, in an actual podcast of how to create your morning routine. And I actually can't remember the, the number of which one it was, but I've, create, I've done one. So I'm going to go through this quickly. So this is something that I help a lot of my clients with. And I always say that the perfect morning routine starts the night before because if you get yourself sorted out the night before, you're going to have a good day and your morning routine is going to be rocking. Like getting your things ready the night before, having, I don't know, the house cleaned up before you go to work so you don't have it wrecking your head or you're not trying to clean it in that morning routine. But this question is all about the morning routine. So I'll get into that instead of your evening routine. So having a good morning routine can really improve your quality of life, your mannerisms and everything you are as a human, a person. Like Setting up your day on your terms is one of the most powerful things you can do. What you do in the morning, good or bad, sets the tone for the day. Your habits, good or bad, determine the quality of your life. The first three hours of your day are the most precious when it comes to productivity and i really really believe that and by sticking to an effective morning you'll set yourself up for success and a more balanced and fulfilled life having a morning routine will not just determine the quality of your rest the quality of the rest of your day but it will have an effect on the rest of your life this is not like a quick fix or an eight-week fix or anything. This takes time. And if you are building a sustainable life to become the best version of yourself, it's all about action and implementation. You also need to be aware of that of what routine will kind of work for you because everybody is different. But there has to be an element of discipline. Do your difficult things first thing in the morning. Swallow the frog. 
doing difficult things in a moment for greater success. Like, do I want to get up early every morning at half five? No, I don't. But do I do it anyway? Yes. Because there is stuff I don't want to do, but I know the long-term ramifications by sticking to a routine every day. So I'll go through a few steps that kind of help me and that I actually help a lot of my clients with as well, which is kind of five steps to kind of helping you be more productive and have a better morning routine. So, number one is find your why. Working hard for something we don't care about is called stress. Working hard for something we love is called passion. And that's a famous quote by Simon Sneak or Sneak. I'm not too sure, but it's a great quote and I love it. So, define what you hope to get out of a productive morning routine like you have to have your why then ask yourself why do you want these things your why is what is going to keep you going when these when times get tough like your why when you don't want to be doing anything and you're in a you're 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 not feeling the best and you're you you don't want to get up and it's a bad week and this, that and the other and your why is is one hundred percent what gets you up in the morning. And that's what helps you through the tough times. So you need to find your why. Finding your why is so important. Why am I why am I doing these things? Why am I getting up in the morning? What's what's the purpose of me doing these things? And the second one, the second step is start small. Don't shock the system. Change gradually, but consistently. Try to find one or two things to start with, like maybe three max, and start small. Start small with things that will compound over over time and have that compound effect. If you aim to, say, start getting out of bed for two or an hour or two earlier, okay? Let's say you get up at eight o'clock and you're looking to to get up at six o'clock. Don't set your alarm straight away for two hours earlier the next morning. Like it's that's too much. Like you're not your body isn't gonna be your body's not gonna be used to that and it'll it'll be a big shock and you'll be wrecked and you probably won't get up. And then you'll be annoyed at yourself for not getting up. So set it five or ten minutes earlier for the next morning and keep adding on to that as you go along so say you're getting up at six you're aiming to get up at six and you get up at eight get up at 10 to eight next morning 20 to eight and so on and so on and keep going as you go along and number three is commit to consistency so i think you all know this one but I'll just kind of explain it a little bit more. Like consistency in anything is is key to to getting to where you want to go. And it takes an average of two months before a new behavior becomes automatic. 
and it's actually 66 days in a row okay to be precise but in anything that you do when you set some goals the key is to commit into consistency and this is why you have to have a big why so consistency is key and number four is plan ahead you're not always going to be the most mo- in the most motivated mind frame so you need to plan ahead make it easy for yourself remove distractions and set up little cues around the house so like in your morning like i have my phone kind of set off on a do not disturb mode and it's set from eight o'clock at night till about nine o'clock in the morning and when i get up Half five, six o'clock, it is my morning routine. It's just me. I, I have my phone turned off. And like, because obviously I work through my phone and there'll be messages coming in left, right and center. And if I have a distraction or yeah, like if if, if there's any anything that comes through, I, I'll end up going off and doing different tasks for different people. But I need to wake up and I need to do me for me to be able to have the best kind of possible day and outcome and for me to be the best version of myself. So I leave it on do not disturb mode till nine o'clock. And that really, really helps me. And there's other things you can do like the night before you go to bed, put your clothes out for work or put your clothes out for the gym and literally just have something ready. So planning ahead on these things, like your morning routine, you need to plan like the next day and plan. As I said, the night before is, a good day always starts the night before. A good morning routine always starts the evening before in your evening routine. So planning for different things, like planning for buffer time, like always plan for for an extra five ten minutes because something can break in the house you're leaving for work or something goes wrong the kids are going crazy or running into walls or whatever and you just want to you just need to sort it out so always plan for about five ten minutes of buffer time in your morning routine and then the last one is create balance and creating balance is more kind of like what can you do to help you set you up for the day like what can you do mentally emotionally physically spiritually what can you do like maybe like i I try and listen to some when i wake up some like kind of calm podcasts like nothing too crazy read maybe plan your day like maybe practice some gratitude connect with some loved ones like or even do some exercise do you like do some yoga drink some water eat healthy try and set your day up as best as you can maybe do some meditation or go out for a walk or whatever 
Creating a morning routine for success doesn't need to be complicated. Keep it simple and balanced by choosing one small thing for each area of self-improvement. So the next question that came in was, any tips on scrolling through my phone till half three in the night I can't go asleep? So this one basically just says it in in the question like you don't you can't be scrolling through your phone like that's what's actually waking you up like it's definitely not good to be scrolling through your phone late at night and I know we've all done it but the reason why is because you're literally waking up your brain with blue light coming out of the phone and blue light isn't just in our phones it's it's in absolutely every electrical device and it's hard to get away like it's impossible probably to get away from blue light but there's there are different ways you can prevent it and i'll, I'll go through that but first of all i'll, I'll kind of explain what blue how blue light can actually affect your sleep and your brain so when it comes to light and and darkness there's two main hormones at play when we when when we talk about it, okay? And these are called serotonin and melatonin. And in short, our levels of melatonin are boosted when it's dark. So when it's dark, our melatonin is boosted and it makes us kind of sleepy, okay? Whereas serotonin levels increase when we are exposed to sunshine and light environments and blue light like there's blue light that comes out of the sun and blue light comes out of nearly every electrical device with a screen melatonin helps you melatonin helps you sleep and serotonin helps you feel awake and helps you to wake up serotonin is a neurotransmitter or a chemical messenger that's involved in many physical processes, like not just waking you up and regulating your, your circadian rhythm. So what can you do to prevent blue light exposure? So here's a few tips that you can help you to kind of sleep. And this is what I would definitely say, if you don't know already, that you're doing that, that you need to kind of get rid of so you can first of all get the tv out of your room okay you don't need to be watching television when you go to bed you need to be winding down you need to be doing a single focus task so what is a single focus task reading is a single focus task because when you're reading you can't do anything else really um, but if you're watching telly, you can listen to somebody while you're watching telly. You can be on your phone while you're watching telly or you're watching a seminar or whatever it may be. You can, you can do different things. You can do different, like you can, it, you can do multiple tasks when you're, when you're watching these things and single focus tasks actually help you to go to sleep better, like reading. So reading is is a huge one so it would be best if you also stopped 
staring at your phone all day long, especially when it's dark. If you can cut down on your screen time, consider buying blue light blocking glasses. Okay, that's one thing that I am going to be getting 100% because I'm always staring at a screen and I get headaches anyway without even even that and I'm starting to get headaches and different things. Now, it's not really doing anything to my sleep. My sleep has always been pretty good, thank God, but I do, I do get headaches a lot from staring at the screen too much. So I probably will invest in a pair of blue light blocking glasses, definitely. And what they're basically are, basically it says on this tin, they are designed to block blue light from entering your eyes. Okay, so putting them on about four or five o'clock in the evening, um, I wouldn't have them on all day because you need to get that kind of blue light to wake yourself up and, and different things like that. But you need to protect your natural circadian rhythm, and if you have them glasses, you can you can you can you can do that. So it's one thing that I I am one hundred percent going to do, and yeah. Another tip is if you're spending a lot of time on your computer. These glasses should be a great help. And also, another tip is smartphones. If you have a smartphone, you actually have some dimming features on them that you can actually use at night so the blue light isn't as strong. But, as I said, there's no really way we can eliminate artificial blue light from our lives. Our eyes are constantly under this blue light and this light disrupts our natural hormone production and affects our sleep. But what you need to do is you can you, you can prevent it by doing these things, these little tasks, as I said, like turn your phone on do not disturb mode at night time, turning your phone down, the light down in your phone. Um and like turn on the dimming features, maybe go get some blue light blocking glasses or something like that. Like it really, really will affect your, your sleep. And without proper sleep, you lose your cognitive and mo um, like your cognitive functions and long-term exposure to blue light can apparently lead to to severity diseases so it's one to think about and don't underestimate the effect the effects of blue light that ha has on your health and what you can do to protect yourself don't underestimate that as well like you need to be trying to protect yourself from the blue light so you can sleep better at least during the night, 100%. Like, it's it's hard to go away because we always have these, like, everything, like, your screens, absolutely everything, like, and then as well, like, we have LED lights, which are really, really good for saving energy. They don't, they don't cost as much energy to, to make them, like, as much as a, a warm, 
kind of light, kind of redder light, and they're actually brighter as well. So, like a lot of us have LED lights, and they're they're like they've a lot of blue light in them. So you can't really get away from them. But there is little things that you can do, and hopefully that would help you. And that is the podcast for today. A little quick Q and A, and yeah, if you could please like subscribe leave a five star rating whatever podcast kind of platform you're listening to on that would be much appreciated and i'll catch us all next week and thanks very much for coming on and listening and i'll see you all next week